Spoiler alert, it's favorites night. So you gotta get your arm ready to go, get your song picked out. Thank you. Uh, so when we get to the message, uh, we'll be in Revelations 22, 18, and 19. Uh, before I get there, I just want to give a little bit of an update. I'm not sure how many people here have seen prayer letters. Uh, we originally planned on going back, moving into a village, and building a house. Instead, we ended up staying, uh, well, finding a place after many months of looking that met our requirements, our needs, and our finances in the city of Imphal. And uh, the reason for this is as we went to start looking at moving into the village, there's uh, some family members from our adopted family there that we wanted to help, and they basically told us that's a Tonku village, we won't go there. Uh, so everything we looked at was kind of a conflict when it came to the tribalism. And so we figured the only way to avoid the conflict of the tribalism was to live with the Hindus. And so, unfortunately for doing the ministry, it's easier to live amongst the Hindus than the Christians. So that's the, the route we went with. So we rented an apartment instead of having a place that's truly, well, mostly truly ours, as truly as it can be in India. Uh, and, but we have good house owners there in Imphal. Good meaning they don't live there. Uh, and we have plenty of space. And it meets all of our, our needs and most of our wants. Uh, it's not a place that most people would want to come and stay with us. If you wanted to come visit us, we'd be more than happy to open a room and let you sleep there. But you would probably rather stay in the hotel. Uh, we sleep on small mats. Ours is off the floor. Everybody else's, I think, is still on the floor. Oh, the boy, oh yeah, one of the boys has a bed, or two of the boys. So, so, but they're all the little mats, and you have to have mosquito nets because you don't want to let mosquitoes bite you in India because they do carry many, many wonderful diseases. And so that's kind of what happened with all that, but we did also manage to uh, get a gypsy, which is a four-wheel drive vehicle, for going into the remote villages, it's a 2013, 2015, something like that. And uh, it basically, if you picture a 1991 uh, Suzuki Samurai or Geo Tracker, yeah, it, that's what it is. But there it's a 2000 something. But it's same technology, same engine, everything's the same. Uh, and so that gets us into remote places such as the village of Namli on the Myanmar border uh, whenever we have to haul stuff. I've been there on my bike before, and uh, I'm fine going there by bike, but when you have to carry a uh, battery and 
some solar equipment for the uh, orphanage that's down there. Can't do that by bike. So uh, well, that's a change. And then my wife will complete her master's in English as a second language this semester. And then all we have to do is come up with the $1,200. $1,200 to get her certified as a ESL internationally. And then she can certify anyone up to bachelor's level in ESL. So that'll provide us another way for the business to make money and also provide her to go to the schools that don't have money to help them certify their teachers. And we're still looking at how to work that because you don't want to certify them and then they just run off and get a job making money. So, so we have to be careful about those things. We have had things like that happen in the past where we help somebody out and they just use it to get in a position to, to make more money rather than staying in the ministry. So uh, then I did another trip into Kashmir and uh, it didn't go as planned, uh, but the Lord blessed. Uh, the guy that I was supposed to travel with sold his buffalo herd, so I couldn't travel with him. Uh, we couldn't find a, a haji or someone that I could travel with readily, so we went out with a pastor friend of mine there, uh, Pastor Singh, and we went to many different families, and while I talked to the elders and stuff with my this time I had an interpreter. I actually found somebody willing to travel with me for once. And uh, so my interpreter, Raja Muhammad, he did the interpretation. And uh, I visited with the, the other members of the clan or family while Pastor Singh would be giving out tracts. And uh, it went, went great. We found one man that's invited me to his house in Punjab. That's where he stays during the winter. And so me and Pastor Brian Pratt, who works in Punjab, plan on visiting him in November and uh, hopefully getting a chance to do more of the gospel work with him and his clan and maybe even travel with them uh, next spring or summer. And that's the Gujar nomadic people in Kashmir and Jammu. Uh, and, but while I was there with Pastor Singh, because I had an interpreter, I was able to preach. Uh, the year before when I stayed there, I could tell we weren't quite like-minded you know how when you see somebody, even if you don't share the same language, you see them preaching or teaching to someone some of the things they do, you're like, yeah, we're probably not on the same path here. And I had gotten some of those feelings, and, and uh, they were realized when I had an interpreter. He's very much so a guy that likes to talk about dreams. And, but I discovered part of the reason for this is he just doesn't know anything. It's not because he means to do something wrong. He's not being willful about it. And I discovered this but through preaching uh, as close as I could this sermon. Uh, because, you see, the day he asked me to preach, I stood up and I was ready to preach out of 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, if I go to a new place, a good portion of the time, that's my go-to uh, uh, book and chapter and because it's something the Lord worked in my heart and it goes back to a lot of my combat experiences and understanding the value of the soul and all those things and I was preparing to preach that and I was sitting there and I was praying as they were singing the last couple of songs and I didn't hear an audible voice 
but the Lord really spoke to my heart to turn to Revelations 22, 18, and 19. And, and he expressed to me a message that was different than I'd ever heard this preached. I'm not saying that how I've heard it preached was wrong. Uh, being a, a, uh, a independent Baptist from a church that was uh, King James Bible, I'd always heard this preached talking about the Word, right? The, the Bible you hold in your hands, right? We don't change this, right? And that's how I'd always heard it preached. But the Lord expressed it to me in a different way, and, and that's the message I'm going to bring to you tonight is on that. And uh, before I do that, I'm jumping back here because I always forget to do this. So... I hope you don't mind. I'm going to let you know about some financial things. Seems how you're already a, a, a supporting church. Because I always forget. I'm, I'm horrible about that. I always tell people, don't copy me if, you, if the Lord desires you to be a missionary because I'm not very good at it. Uh, I always forget to talk about the needs. Uh, I did cover my wife's need there. But uh, we also need to get her a new motorcycle. We were having a conversation with somebody about that uh, because... She, on her scooter, got caught in the monsoon and was trying, ended up, not trying, she did ford a water crossing on a scooter. And uh, there's a reason why on dirt bikes and adventure bikes, the exhaust goes this way, because if she would have slowed down even while crossing the water, the water would have went straight up her exhaust and she would have just had a weight in her hands in the middle of a, of a stream of flowing water. Uh, and so... We need to get her a more capable vehicle because we're not always traveling together. Uh, that's something we do also that's much different than most people. Uh, we're both former Army, and uh, she does a lot of stuff training kids and stuff, and kids in India and a lot of places just tend to be afraid of me, so it's not very effective for children's ministry. Uh, in the villages, we've literally had kids just start crying when I look at them. Uh, they're like, what, what's wrong with this white man? Why does he look so angry and so white? And so it's better if I'm not there for those things. And so we're trying to get that done. And uh, our general finances, uh, our general finances, right now we just increased to six hundred or no, $700 a month in support because uh, my one another son-in-law took a church. But I'm, I'm out of son-in-laws in the ministry now, so I can no longer get churches that way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's a blessing. But we our current expenditures for the ministry are $2,400 a month. And I, I'm not saying that to complain. Our retirement covers it. It's just the more that's, that's coming in through support, you know, the, the, the more we can help other people and, and get things done. Uh, and I'm not asking you guys to increase support. Obviously, you already support. So, But if you could pray that other people would choose to support in churches that we've been in. And that's the, the end of that part. Uh, like I said, that's not something I enjoy doing. It's something I normally forget to do. But I have started to put it in the prayer letter like every three months or four, or no, every third one. So every nine months so that people know how things are going. But back to the, the point, uh, we're going to be in Revelations chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. And I'll go ahead and pray for the message and 
Uh, we'll read first, and then I'll pray for the message. Uh, Revelations twenty-two eighteen and 19. It says, Therefore I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just, first of all, thank you for the book. Lord, we thank you for giving us your, your word so that we can know how to please our Lord and Savior. Lord, we ask that you would strengthen each and every one of us in this time, that you would open our hearts and allow the Spirit to guide us, that we would hear your words, that you would put away our, our flesh and that you would put off the cares of this world and, and help us to concentrate on what is being said through your word so that we could grow in Christ tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, here, obviously, uh, I want to give this some context. It's talking about what you know, right? Uh, God, you know, we have the whole book here, right? So, so God knows that, that, well, hopefully you've read the whole thing. Uh, you know, especially if you're, you know, over the age of like 12 or 13. Hopefully you've already read it, right? Uh, and so obviously that means that there's certain things we're going to know that other people don't know. I, I don't, I think God gives grace is what I'm saying. You know, there's, there's certain people that just don't have knowledge. And a lot of times it, it's people like the, the two of us up here that are, that are the fault, not saying literally he doesn't give you knowledge, saying People come up and they're pastors, they're preachers, they're supposed to be teachers, and they don't do what God has told them to do. And so, so you have a lack of knowledge. So I'm saying I'm not beating those people up, right? I'm beating up people like myself that should have the knowledge to know better, right? And here in Revelations 22, 18 and 19, what I, what I want you to think about uh, this evening is... Adding to and taking away from the word by our actions, by the things we choose to do, by the things we choose to teach and express as doctrine. Uh, the, you know, you can see this many, many ways. You know, and first we're going to cover the adding, right? Uh, if you look in your Bible, yeah, well, you don't need to turn there. I'm going to give you a lot of references. If you're taking notes, you can just write it down, but in in Matthew fifteen nine, it says, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Mark 7, 7 says, How be it in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Colossians 2, 22 says, Which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. See, we have a tendency, and I know none of you have ever experienced this, but we have a tendency in independent fundamental Baptist circles to make our standards doctrine. And, and I'm not against standards. You know, I went to a church, First Baptist Church, Black River. The standard was if you were going to do ministry in that church, you dress this way, you do this, you do this, you do that. No problem. I, I was in the military 20 years. You tell me there's a standard, I'm going to follow the standard. But don't tell me it's doctrine unless you can show me it from the book. And, and that's causing us problems on the mission field. 
because people from here take it there. And it doesn't apply to their culture at all. You know, the, the parts that apply, yeah, apply. You know, my wife dresses as a woman. Right? Even when we're on the bike, she's still dressed as a woman. I'm not going to wear what she wears. You know? And the Indian ladies dress, she dresses similar to them. You know? And that's fine. Now, if we were in a culture where women went topless, obviously my wife's not going to do that. You know? Because that does happen on the mission field. And you're going to teach them that by the word of God, we need to have modesty and decency. But, but it's not applying our standards as doctrine. And, and we've seen this in a few places on the field. And, and we've seen it applied to friends more than ourselves because, you know, we don't have a whole lot of churches to, to complain. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'm just expressing to you that this is what the Lord was giving me at that time. And, and in 1 Timothy 4, 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in latter times some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You see, when the term doctrine applies plural in your Bible, it's always talking of men and devils. Because God has one doctrine made of many parts, right? This book is all designed to work together. His doctrine is all designed to work together. So when we start adding to it, we end up with the plural and and I believe that a lot of what has came into our churches is definitely the work of the enemy. Trying to divide us on things that don't, don't matter. You know, especially when we try to apply it to other people in other churches. Especially on the foreign field. Hebrews 13.9 says, Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Right? Like, I love steak. But I, if, if I'm in an all-Hindu area where I know it's going to offend them, I don't eat steak. Because it's, 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 the Bible's what's important. And the standards stated as doctrine moves us away from that. You know, uh, in, in my life, you know, it was very... It, in America, I should say, it's very odd to run into somebody that's vegetarian in church. But we still shouldn't beat them up, right? Because that's, that's just our standard for our living. You know, like me, I'm, I'm, I'm a carnivore. I, I, I eat mainly meat, and then I eat a few vegetables, and I stay away from carbohydrates. That's, that's how I live, you know. But if you want to eat Rice all day long? Hey, you know, I love that my boys eat rice. It's cheap. But, you know, let's not take it to the wrong level. Now, the main part of this message that has to do with the things that were happening with Pastor Singh is in the next part. It's in the taking away. Not fulfilling God's purpose for us is taking away from the Word of God. In 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purposes and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You see, before you ever got saved, Jesus already had a purpose for you. So when you don't fulfill that purpose, you're taken away from the word of God, because it says right here he has one for you. Everyone in this church has a purpose. 
And that's why it's called a body. Everyone should be functioning. You know, uh, and the, those purposes, uh, first of all, the first purpose is to show his power. In Romans 9, 17, it says, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Right? Even an evil man was put on this earth to show God's power. That was his purpose. He never got saved, but God still used him for his purpose to show his power. You know, uh, the next purpose we have is to make, is, is for us to become ministers. I'm not saying everyone's called to full-time ministry, right? I've been accused of that before, so I'll take care of that right there. But all of us are to be ministers. Acts 26, 16 says, But rise and stand up upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. I understand that has a specific context, but I believe it also has a general context that the Lord appeared unto us at our salvation, right? We understood who he was, is what I mean by that, not physically appeared. And it was for the purpose to make us ministers. Everyone here should be helping someone else. No matter how disabled you are, no matter... One of the biggest problems we had in the deaf ministry in India is getting them to understand that even though they're deaf, they can help other people. Because when you have a disability in many societies, people just teach you that you're the one to be taken care of. But everyone's supposed to be a minister. So if they get saved, we need to show them and teach them how to minister to other people. We have the purpose to, to worship God. Isaiah forty three twenty one says, This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth pray, my praise. Right? As Christians, that also applies to us. We, we are to show forth praise to God, right? I, I really enjoyed what uh, Pastor was doing there at the, at the beginning, right? I, we should be showing praise, you know, and, and I actually preached this right after I'd almost been in a motorcycle accident, uh, no one else involved but myself. Uh, I don't know how many people ride here, but I had three spokes break on my rear tire at the same time going 70 miles per hour. Uh, that can end up in you doing somersaults down the road. And praise God, it didn't. But I, even though I was riding with my pastor friend, I didn't think to immediately praise God. You know, I should. That should have been my first thought. Praise God, you kept me on this earth to continue working for you. Because I know a lot of people just want to go to heaven and they're talking about heaven and heaven. And I'm sorry, I know I'll enjoy heaven. But I, I want to do some more work. I, I love the song, I Want That Mountain, because Caleb didn't get to enter the land right away. And still at 80 years old, when everyone else's fighting was done and he was just going to take his piece, he was going to take that mountain. And, and my goal is to be 83 years old when the Lord takes me from India, whichever way he chooses to do it. Because I didn't start serving until I was 43, and so I want to do 40 years. That's my goal. You know, I know some of you want it to be tomorrow. Uh, I'm hoping he, he stays a little while longer. But then, the last thing I'm going to talk to you about tonight is we have a requirement from God to perform all the tasks he's given us. 
And the application in, in, in ministry overseas here on the mission field comes back to Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20, which we frequently go to as, as missions people. I know that's no surprise to you that those verses are here. But there in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. Amen. And the last scripture we're going to go to is in 2 Timothy 3.16. But before we go there, that day I was preaching that message in uh, Ketua, Jammu, at Pastor Singh's church. I reached this point, and I had already covered with, with that church, John chapter 1. I don't do that much in America, because I, I understand most people that are in like-minded churches to me understand John chapter 1 is showing that Jesus Christ and this word are the same thing, right? It's not the red letters. Jesus Christ is the one that gave us all of this. And so we understand that from John chapter 1, but that day when I was preaching and, 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 and uh, got to this point in the message and was talking about these things, I brought up the fact that what I see in India and throughout the world is a bunch of men that are willing to preach the gospel, but that's all they do. And if you are just preaching the gospel, if you are just telling people the gospel, that is, it's great people are getting saved, but you're still disobedient. And that's how I said it. And you see, uh, the day, uh, about a week and a half later, when I was preparing to go, Pastor Singh was upset, almost in tears. He's like, no, brother, you need to stay. You need to be here. Uh, I need you this Sunday to preach again. And in my mind, I'm just going, why would you need me to preach? You're here, you know, that's what, that's what I'm thinking, you know. And he doesn't know much English, and... And so I called for Raja because I wasn't understanding his point. And my interpreter, Raja Mohammed, uh, interpreted for him that when I preached that, that Sunday, it convicted him. It broke his heart. He said, for 20 years, I have only preached the gospel. He said, brother... I need you to stay. I don't know anything else. So for 20 years, he went out and just preached the gospel faithfully. I believe he'll get a blessing for that. What, what broke my heart is who brought him the gospel and never taught him. And we see it all over India. When I'm working amongst the the Burmese refugees in, in uh, Namli, the older people that I talk to, they'll have a salvation testimony, but none of the young people are saved because someone went amongst those people, gave the gospel, and left. Providing them no one to teach them. That's wrong. Why is no one staying? Why is no one teaching? 
You know, it's great that some people can do online ministries and teaching people. I know Randy and Kelly do that, and I understand that they, they you know, their health concerns, they can't live on the field. You know, but they're doing what they can to teach. But I see these other Americans and other people come in all the time. They'll gather up a thousand people, and while they're, while they're all gathered at the altar, selfie time. And then, oh, this many saved today, this happened. And it's uh, great. I hope, I hope some of them were truly saved. But the Bible says we're supposed to teach. It doesn't end at salvation. Salvation's the beginning. Why would someone need a new life? You know, why, why give someone a new life and then give them nothing to do with it? But wait for death. I mean, really? If all they know is the gospel and they don't know how to pass anything on, they don't know how to teach, they don't know how to... All they're doing is waiting to die so they can go to heaven. You didn't give them anything to do with their life. Now, what, I mean, what, what are we supposed to teach? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17 goes on to say that man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, that didn't happen for him. And all over India, that's what I see. All scripture. Now, am I I possibly, even with my young men, who every day I'm at home, we go over, we do devotions and, and we do different Bible lessons and, and such as the ABCs of Christian growth and different things with all these young men. Am I ever going to teach them all Scripture? I, I don't have long enough, but I can try. You know, and, and when I, I think of these things that the Lord has taught me now, so what I consider late in my life, I know some of you would be like, oh, it's not that late, but... But I consider late in my life, it saddens me because, you know, we raised five children, and most of the time they were at home, we didn't know this. So if you're here tonight, and this is the first time you're really thinking about these things, this needs to be applied through your whole life. You have a responsibility to try to pass on to your children, to the people of this church, to your Sunday school, everything that's in here. And when we don't do it, you end up with a generation that's saved and then the next generation isn't there. And that's what we see in the Chin villages of Myanmar. Is some people got saved years and years ago and now you have whole villages calling themselves Christian that have no idea who Jesus Christ is. So they're dying and going to hell calling themselves Christians because we didn't teach Because most of the time, we're the ones that sent the missionaries. And we didn't keep anybody there to teach them. And I I hope this message has been a help to you. It's just something the Lord put on my heart. And I'm going to close the message in a prayer for you, and I'll turn it back over to the pastor. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for giving us this time to hear your word. Lord, I pray that somebody's heart was reached tonight, that somebody here would rededicate themselves to teaching 
and studying all the scripture, passing on all that you would have people do, showing in their own life your purpose. Lord, so many times in my own life I've forgotten these things. Lord, I I, I pray that nobody here would be adding to or taking away from your scripture in any way, whether it be physically just crossing out stuff in their Bible or or truly in in their actions doing these things. Help us, Lord, to be strengthened in you, to truly accept your word when we read it and show it in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. The question that I was thinking of as Brother Corey was sharing tonight is, what is my life preaching? What does your life preach? Does it take anything, anything away from the Word of God because your actions aren't consistent with what God's Word says? Many of you know that I love the story at the end of the Sermon on the Mount after Jesus had preached that perfect message because he was the perfect Savior that was so revolutionary. And all those that heard him, as they were preparing to walk away, Jesus left them with an illustration that many times that we really miss exactly what he was trying to say. He gave an illustration, an object lesson, about building a house upon the sand or building a house upon a rock. And oftentimes that's what we think. We need to build our house, our life upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And we do. But the point of Jesus' question and illustration was basically this. You've heard all of these things. Are you going to be a hearer only? Or are you going to be a doer? The wise man is the one who heard the word and obeyed the foolish man was one who heard and didn't obey praise the Lord those of us here tonight were part of a good fellowship a good church that preaches the truth we're part of a church where almost every message at the very end of it that's one of the things I love about Pastor Bill he takes very challenging complex passages and he breaks them down to a level that any one of us can understand and not only understand but apply he always gives us three application points that we can walk out of here and do immediately to apply the word of God are you a hearer of God's word only or are you a hearer and a doer What do you need to do to live out the Word of God so that you don't take anything away from it or add anything to it? That's really what my message was about this morning. We're all in relationships. All relationships are challenging and difficult, but how we act in the midst of it proves that we are believers, that we really do realize all that God has given us when he saved us. And so we can be lowly and meek we can be long suffering we can forbear and we can endeavor to keep the unity of the faith father we need your help to do all of these things we cannot do them 
on our own. We are so thankful that you give us everything you command us and instruct us to do in your word. You equip us to do it. So, Lord, help us by faith to step out and do these things, to be doers of your word and not hearers only, as James says. And, Lord, help us not to be satisfied with just doing the bare minimum, but living out the whole counsel of God. Even just the simple application points that we talked about with these little worksheets today. To stop sin in its tracks in our lives and begin to put on the things that we know will be pleasing to you. Others focused, outward viewing, ministering to others, being kind and tenderhearted and forgiving one another, even as God, who for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. Father, may your will be accomplished during this time of invitation. Whatever you've placed your finger on in our lives, may we simply say, yes, Lord. If it's sin, confess it, repent of it, ask the Lord's forgiveness, and get back on track doing the things you've instructed us to do. Father, we love you. Bless this time of invitation, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you would please stand. I'll be down front. Sean will come and lead us.